affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 10. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourself are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all the good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reach corruption from the flesh. But if you sow in the spirit, you will reap eternal life from the spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing the right thing. For we will reap as time harvests if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. This is God's word for God's people.
So we are in the middle of a sermon series on setting a course for a better life. Does that sound familiar to you? All right. Good. I hope so. Um, Some of you might be following along in our Shift 2.0 book and uh, uh, being a part of the classes and things like that. Um, So setting a course for a better life. That's our sermon series. And as our As far as our church is concerned, we are asking what that course might look like. What does it look like like for our church to set a course for a better life? Uh, Last September, we marked our church's 50th anniversary. Uh, Some of you might have been here for uh, the special ceremony and when Bishop Hagia spoke. It was a really amazing Sunday. And in the months that followed uh, last fall, we celebrated the marvelous things that God has been able to accomplish through our ministries over the last 50 years. Um, Really wonderful time. And as we enter into 2020 now, we start by gazing ahead, looking ahead and setting the course for our church's future. So in this sermon series, we are looking at five areas of ministry to bring new, new life, new growth, and new hopes Because we want the next 50 years to be just as impactful as the last 50. Am I right? Amen to that? Today we continue looking um, at the first of those areas, which is hospitality. The ministry of relationships. What comes to your mind when you hear hospitality? Maybe you think of a favorite hotel that you've visited, rolled out the red carpet made you feel like royalty, did everything but tuck you into bed. Maybe you hear, uh, when you hear hospitality, maybe you think of a particular restaurant that had impeccable attention to detail to the point that you and everyone else around you were not simply a customer but a guest of honor, finding you the perfect table maybe, helping guide you through the menu, maybe taking care of needs that you had not even asked for yet, but they anticipated. Maybe you're thinking of uh, the way that your uh, special relative made you feel welcome at home and pulled out all of the stops. When I hear hospitality, I think of a 13-hour flight to China about five years ago on Korean Air. From the moment I checked in at the gate to the time of deboarding, I was comfortable I was relaxed. I was in such a good mood. They were taking care of all my needs. And that was me sitting in the economy section. I was not even in first class. They were just ratcheting it up. Of all things, I even remember the safety video that they showed me uh, before the plane took off. And it was this video that started off with this jingle. It goes, 
It's all about you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and you know, as I watched it, I thought, well, it's a kind of cheesy, especially with these, on the video, they have these personal chefs and these synchronized swimmers telling me that it's all about me. But at the time, I was like, you know what? I'm feeling this. I can get into this. I like this level of hospitality. This sermon, of course, is not about hosp- uh, the hospitality industry. Um, it's about the kind of hospitality that we show toward one another within our community, especially right here at the United, Mes- United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. Last Sunday, Pastor Rachel reminded us that being a faith community shaped by hospitality means being drawn into relationship with God. God, that ultimate, profound source of hospitality who shows us what it means to be hospitable. When we encounter God in the fullness of God's love, his grace, warmth, and generosity, we begin to realize uh, to a greater extent what relationships are all about. But we know that in the journey of Christian discipleship, it doesn't stop there. In addition to being drawn closer to God, God also draws us closer to one another. And as we think about that this morning, my question to you, it's rhetorical, but uh, if you want to say something, you can. I'm just kidding. Are you open? Are you feeling open? Are you ready? Are you feeling ready? Are you excited about what the Spirit of God can do to bring us here at UMCWV into greater unity and deeper relationships As you look into 2020, is that what you're hoping for? I hope it is, because that's what I'm hoping for. If you followed along with the scripture that was read wonderfully by Nancy from Galatians, you may have recognized a key phrase at the very end of the passage. Family of faith. We are a family of faith. If you've been raised in the church, maybe this phrase is perhaps a little bit more ordinary the amount of times that you hear something of that extent. Maybe, um, you know, we talk a lot about our church as our church family. Uh, We call our place of worship our church home. And it can be in the repeated repetitiveness turn into some normal phraseology that doesn't really feel special on the surface. But I want to invite you to take a pause Pause for a moment and consider the significance of the phrase family of faith. I generally reserve the term family for my own flesh and blood, my parents, my siblings, my relatives, the people who have been there from day one. And perhaps you've made some deep connections with people from your workplace or bridge club or a volunteer project, but you probably wouldn't introduce those people as your family. It's a very special and important word. And yet, here in Galatians, we find Paul writing to the church in Galatia and saying to a group of people who are not all related, some of them probably being complete strangers when they first joined the church, Paul saying to them, hey, don't forget, you are a family of faith. So you've got, you've got to do everything you can to act like a family. There's a saying uh, that 
uh, some people gets tossed around. It says, you don't get to choose your family or you don't get to pick your family. Have you heard this one? Right? Um, so raise your hand if you wish that you could pick your family. I'm just kidding. That was a test. Um, no, you're stuck, with, you're stuck with them, people. Or maybe they're stuck with you. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why, but it reminds me of the comedy, What About Bob? You might have seen it. I think it was the early 90s and starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss, who plays a psychiatrist who's driven to the point of madness. He just goes insane by a well-meaning patient named Bob who is a bit neurotic and really means the best, but keeps popping up everywhere and even crashes his family vacation. And uh, the whole movie is just over the top. Uh, but I think in real life, though, we do have the tendency to push our family's buttons from time to time, don't we? We, te- we tend to push people's buttons, and uh, I don't know why, but something t- talking about family made me think of that. Um, I think pushing people's buttons just comes with uh, the job description of being family. You know, that's who we are. Uh, we're family for better or for worse. Uh, I want to argue that one of the fundamental features of being a family of faith is also that we don't get to choose those family members either. Uh, There's a strange story, you might have read it in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus' mother and his brothers go looking to speak with him. And they find Jesus teaching a crowd of people who have sort of encircled him and uh, are listening to him intently and Because they are encircling him, his mother and his brothers can't get to him. And one of the bystanders notices that these people are trying to get his attention. And when they say this to him, Jesus, in sort of a cryptic way, says, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And I think if the story left that vignette there, we'd probably feel like it was a very strange story. Like, what is Jesus trying to say? But he does go on, thankfully, and he points to his disciples, and he says, Here are my mother, here are my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I think the point is not to snub his mom and his brothers and to make them feel ignored. That's not the point. I'm sure that Jesus probably turns to them eventually, but He uses it as an opportunity, as a teaching illustration. The point, that very small moment, is that God is in the business of drawing together a spiritual family that is not defined by DNA or lineage or ethnicity or gender or many other things, but by virtue of something much wider and far-reaching. If you were to go back a couple of chapters in Galatians, we are told that through the work of Jesus Christ, we have been adopted into the family of faith as children of God. The message version puts it this way. We have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives. Sometimes our lives don't always reflect the goodness of our creator, but God unconditionally loves us, all of us, like family. Like the way that you would love a family member. 
And God even made a plan to draw us back into that family through the redemptive work of the cross. It's as if God was saying, you belong in relationship with me. I want to claim you as my children once and for all. It kind of makes me feel excited. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel warm. If we've all been drawn into this family, not on the basis of how smart we are, or how wise we are, or how talented we are, but on the account of God's grace, then we really are a family of brothers and sisters on equal footing. Some of you will be watching the the Chiefs and the 49ers play in the Super Bowl next Sunday, maybe. Um, Judging by the the number of hands, I'd say that's a safe bet. With that game coming up, uh, and also my Clemson Tigers playing in the national championship a couple weeks ago, uh, we won't mention that they lost. Football was on my mind while I was writing this sermon. Um, one thing that fascinates me with football is team dynamics. Uh, even if you aren't really a fan of football, you probably know that there's an annual NFL draft coming up at the end of April. And on the college level, top performing high school students are being scouted every year to play collegiately. And when a team gets new players, these new young bucks coming out of high school into college, those players have to find a way to make their contribution in a way that fits into the culture and the dynamics of the team. The newly signed players do not get to choose, sorry, the newly signed players do get to choose their team, but they do not get to choose their teammates. Part of the challenge is learning to play alongside other players Maybe some players that may or may not have chosen for themselves to play with. It's not a perfect analogy, but in a similar way, our spiritual family is a mixed bag of personalities and interests and gifts and abilities. It's up to you, it's up to us what that dynamic will look like. Will we find a way to live together with a shared vision of the future? shoulder to shoulder, coming along, each, coming along next to each other and uplifting each other? And how do such different people come together with, to pursue that same mission? I think those are some important questions to ask. And they are perennial questions, I think, that the church will continually need to revisit again and again as we face new challenges in our local churches and in society at large. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 6, almost everything we need to know about the kind of community that churches need to be working toward. Uh, I would frame it um, as a difference between preservation and cultivation. What do you normally associate uh, with with preservation? For me, I, I immediately thought of the art world. And in the art world, there's an entire field of art conservation dedicated to maintaining and preserving valuable or important works of art so that they continue to be displayed or stored. And some people make an entire profession out of this. But preserving doesn't seem to be Paul's main focus in his instructions to the church in Galatia. Instead, I think it's cultivation that Paul is especially after. I think of images of gardening or farming. I think of watering or pruning or tilling. My grandmother had 
muscadine vines along the side, both sides of her house. And every summer, actually, I can't remember which season it was now, but I used to have to prune. I think it was closer to the wintertime when the grapes were done. We'd prune the vines. For the family of God to thrive, its members must be cultivating good habits of living interdependently. And I think, oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough, one of the most important habits is a healthy form of confrontation. You could call it mutual responsibility or accountability. But if you'll notice in those first four, four verses of the chapter, Christians seem to be, have an obligation to support one another in living as faithful followers of Jesus and also to keep themselves in check as far as they're able. I think in some ways it's an uncomfortable passage to read because we're talking about exposing ourselves to criticism. We're talking about being vulnerable to people's opinions. We're talking about maybe people not having the best intentions when they're giving advice. And maybe we just don't like to air out our private business with other people. But it seems to be to have a healthy, functioning church. We have to open ourselves up to that. Because that's the only way that we can continue to encourage and uplift each other in our gifts and our talents. In correcting each other with gentleness and humility... We are cultivating the kind of soil where real spiritual growth happens in churches and surrounding communities. And that key word there, of course, is gentleness and um, humility. <laughs> there we go. It takes a while, but it came. Um, in the book that we've been reading, the Shift 2.0 book, Maynard, uh, Phil Maynard writes this, the community's discipline, their discipline, will reflect the character of the Lord that the community serves. They need to see us as people that are disciplined and working together. I think that is to say that we've got our work cut out for us if we're going to live into our mission fully. But the good news which Paul reminds us is that working together with the right attitude, that will get us where we need to be going. I believe that, and this may be my only opinion, but in my own experience, I believe that some or maybe most churches have accidentally got into the habit of putting more focus on preservation rather than cultivation. It's nearly almost second nature for most of us to put a happy face on as we walk from our cars to the sanctuary on Sunday mornings, even if we don't necessarily feel happy that morning, and to move through those routines with as little friction as possible, because we like that nice, smooth Sunday morning, right? But what if that's not what we always need? You know, we crank up that niceness because that's what seems to be expected of us. But in my mind, preservation is not the only thing that we need to be seeking after as a church. Preservation is about preserving one's image or dignity, preserving the traditions of the church, preserving our spaces of worship, and to be sure none of those are inherently wrong. I want to repeat, none of those are inherently bad, but too much focus on those things can run the risk of stunting our growth. We have to allow ourselves to be open to the spirits moving and vulnerable to each other. 
Allow me to close by returning to the language of the family of faith. Think about your own families. Do they mature and go deeper by maintaining politeness all the time? Of course not, right? We're not always polite to each other. Do they grow stronger through mediated conflict, through honest, raw conversation, through forgiveness, reconciliation, and grace? Yes, that's how we draw closer together. That's how we extend hospitality. You know, if we're going to be completely transparent, you know, families do get messy, right? I think I, I am uh, the middle child. I had two older brothers and two younger sisters growing up, and there was always some type of drama happening with that big of a family. And it does get messy. And sometimes people say things that they don't mean. And sometimes they find excuses to be unnecessarily mean or insincere or insensitive just because they can. We get comfortable with each other, right? And that is some of the risk of being a family, right? But I've got good news for our families and especially for the family of faith that God has given the spirit to teach us how to live with fresh inspiration, holy interdependence, working arms linked in arms, not worried about what might be exposed, but conscientious of our growth as a group together. After all, it is God's spirit working in us that cultivates growth and brings about the life-changing fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things that the Spirit brings us and works among us if we are so willing. Amen? Amen. Amen.